Welcome to Spin It, where the worst of times can become the best of times. I'm your host, Stephanie Malik, an award-winning crisis management expert and business consulting strategist. Along with my team of experts at S. Malik Enterprises, I have worked with thousands of high-wealth individuals and businesses over the last 25 years to create customized approaches for crisis management and business consulting to ensure they take their careers, relationships, and companies to the next level. On Spin It, we pursue purpose and passion, aspiring to uncover the true story behind every guest's successes and failures, removing the mystique behind what it takes to be truly successful from those that have actually done it. I'm chatting with executives and entrepreneurs all over the globe to understand how they turned obstacles into opportunities to grow not only themselves, but their businesses. I want to impact and inspire you and as many people as possible, not by blurting out the same old motivational phrases, but with the truth and authenticity behind real success, along with the roadmaps and methodologies it takes to get there. Whether it was a scandal, a broken business model, or simply navigating the noise, we want you to learn from our mistakes. It's all in how you spin it. Today, we'll be speaking with Lauren Brill-Castle. Lauren is the founder and CEO of Sweet Lauren's, an award-winning cookie dough company that is on a mission to change the way Americans bake and eat. She's a health and wellness expert, certified yoga instructor, and cancer survivor. We sit down for a heart-moving conversation about her battle with cancer and triumph starting Sweet Lauren's. Let's go. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for joining Spin It. So happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I wanted to chat with you about your amazing entrepreneur adventure. The first thing I wanted to chat with you about is how incredibly successful that you've become in such a short time. And when I say short time, one of the things that we're talking about a lot is not really knowing all the information and people thinking that it was just an overnight excess. And the success is so, so important here, but I want people to understand that everybody's journey is a little bit different and yours wasn't easy. So to kind of set things up a little bit, you faced your own cancer battle after college. This is after you had devastating news about your mother's own cancer battle at such a young age. She was sick for 12 years and Start walking me through what it's like to get that information at such a young, tender age with everything going on in your life and all the physical changes that were happening for you. Tell me what it was like to get that news about your mom. So, I mean, it's really the worst thing in the world, especially when you're, you know, really close to a parent um, and at such a young kind of formative age. I mean, we're all going to pass away at some point. We know that, that you know, we're all, we're all only human, but it seems okay when someone's at the end of their life or their 80s, 90s, you know, get to 100. They've seen you have children. They've seen you grow up. So I grew up in New York City and my mom was an amazing entrepreneur and role model and really my best friend. We were incredibly close. And when I was 14 years old, she was diagnosed with CLL, which is a chronic leukemia, where there really isn't a perfect cure yet. And so, you know, I just, I grew up with her. She went through several rounds of chemo over 12 years and she always bounced back and she never complained about it. And from the outside, everyone thought she just looked so healthy and vibrant. So I have a brother and a sister. So, you know, growing up, the three of us just kind of, we were just always there kind of to take care of mom, you know, and make sure she was okay. And I think Family became super important. Health was super important to all of us. We all kind of were raised with time is precious. And um, she passed away quite unexpectedly, actually. It was, she did a stem cell transplant to try to cure herself and uh, her body had a terrible reaction to it. And it's called graft versus host when your body kind of rejects it. And so, you know, she'd been sick for a long time, but always kind of bouncing back. And then kind of within a couple of weeks, she immediately went to the ICU and it really caught us kids by surprise because, you know, we didn't, we didn't know how fast it could turn. So I just remember thinking how, how is life going to go on? Like, this is so unbelievable at 26 years old, you know, to lose your mom and your best friend. And um, my parents were divorced. And so we really had to kind of be the parents in that, in that, you know, relationship and take care of her and take care of ourselves. So 
I think it just made me grow up really fast. And um, I think that compared to, you know, other kids that maybe don't experience that. I mean, when you're in your 20s, you're already an adult, but I, my sister was 21. I was just finding my way. I, I at 22 years old, so just four years before, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So right after I graduated college, very unexpected and completely unrelated to my mom's cancer, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma right after college. I had swollen lymph nodes in my neck, went to the doctor, you know, was incredibly shocked and scared at 22. I felt so healthy, so invincible. Thankfully, I was cured. I had to go through chemo. And so thankfully, I was cured and passed that. But um, that's where I got the idea to start Sweet Lawrence, my company, because I was so, so passionate about doing everything I could to stay clean and happy and healthy and not sacrifice anything in life and to know that life is short and food is so important to me. So I started to eat super clean and nothing artificial, nothing processed, no refined flours, just really trying to give myself fuel in the form of food in the highest quality possible. And that means it has to be delicious and it has to be as whole as possible. And those are the things that are going to make me happy. And so I I took cooking classes, studied nutrition, started to make my own recipes, you know, for meals and became a really good chef. And just have such a sweet tooth and was like, wow, there's nothing I can do to satisfy my sweet tooth. I'm so tired of like dates and dark chocolate. You know, there has, there has to be something more. That's how I started to make my own recipes and try to recreate a warm chocolate chip cookie, but make it as clean and healthy, but delicious as possible. And so I already had the idea for Sweet Lawrence in the back of my head when my mom got sick, um, because it had started when I got sick. And I think when my mom passed away, there, it was just, it was a huge tipping point because I literally had nothing to fall back on. You know, there there was no cushy life. You know, I really felt completely alone and I felt like there had been such kind of devastation in our family that I was going to just be determined to find a way to turn all of this negativity that, you know, kind of the sickness I went through, the fact that my mom was no longer with us into something amazing, into something happy, into something positive. And I just tried to put all of that kind of sadness, um, turn it into energy and fuel to build, you know, my dream life. And, you know, it's just the harsh reality that nothing is promised in life. We all are dealt certain cards and a certain hand and you can get mad about it, but what is that going to do? Well, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, so it's not, not my mother. Okay. My mother, my mother did pass and she had passive cancer, but I was not nearly as young or as fragile. I have a 26 year old. And when you said that, I just got chills because there's no way to your point, Lauren, I don't think that there's any time is a good time to lose a parent, but as you so eloquently put, my grandparents lived till 90 plus and my aunts 90 plus, it's never fun to lose them, but at least you can kind of rationalize it in your head at 20, I have a 26 year old. And like for, to think of that bond right now, she's not set up for, I mean, you're just not, you're not set up for that. You're still figuring yourself out. Right. And you have siblings that you're caring for and wondering about, and then your own sickness. Gosh, Lauren, that's talk about obstacles and opportunities. That's crazy. It was crazy. But then, you know, I, I, I had a friend in high school, my closest friend, I really grew up with him. He passed away after graduating college. And so, you know, I would look at like what I've been through and and then I would look at another situation and say, it's all about perspective. And I'm, you know, I am lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be alive. And I'm going to just be determined to build the happiest life and be grateful for every moment because nothing is promised. And we all go through things that are unpredictable and I'm just not going to feel bad for myself because as much as it hurts and as hard as it is, and it's still hard, you know, over 10 years later, it's, it's still incredibly hard, but you know, this is life. It's the journey of what you do with it and, and you know, what you do with your own life and um, the responsibility you take. And so I've just tried to always maintain that as much as possible and turn it into something really positive. So I have only about um, 22,000 million questions for you that you said that, like just only about 22 million. So the first thing I want to say to you is, again, very similarly, I had a very chaotic childhood. Um, It's very well publicized out there. My father drowned when I was three. My mom had a complete nervous breakdown, never recovered, Um, got emancipated when I was 15, um, was homeless for a short amount of time. I had a younger sibling who struggles as well with mental illness. So I too didn't have a 
kind of an upward trajectory, easy line, kind of paved or whatever. I have a very similar outlook to you. So I don't talk about that stuff a lot anymore because I really want to bring positivity and light. And if I talk about my story, I want it to impact and inspire others. I don't want to just be like, oh my God, Steph, I'm so... I feel like so many people have had it so much worse than I did. There are parents that never... I mean, I'm sorry, there are children that never knew their parents. There are children that watch their parents get beaten or hurt or drugs. Or There's so many people that have had it insanely larger, more um, traumatic than I ever did. And so I don't talk about it a lot, but I will tell you, I'm wondering if it might be the same for you. So when you go into a room and you're listening to somebody's story or you're listening to somebody possibly feel badly for you and you go, yeah, you know what? It happened and, and it's still really difficult, And but this is what I'm doing of it. Do people get frustrated with you? Do people get like, annoyed or be like, why are you always so positive? Or why are you always so happy? Do you have that? Uh, you know, I haven't, I totally hear what you're saying. I haven't experienced that recently. I mean, because I'm, you know, you got to be real about it. Like, it's not like, oh, it's all roses and butterflies. You know, it's just that like the second you take ownership of your life and stop kind of complaining and just do everything you can to turn it into the life you want that makes you happy. You know, I look back, it's now been, you know, over 10 years of just dedicating myself to building and paving the life I want. And I'm so proud of and happy with the life. Like I'm building my dream life and I have a, an amazing partner. We have a newborn. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the best husband. Uh, we have a five-month-old daughter who's healthy and beautiful. My company is growing and has the culture I've dreamed of. Like, so did this happen overnight? No. Was this given to me? Absolutely not. Like I fought for each of these things. And so I don't really have patience, you know, for someone who's just like, oh, it's so easy. You just butterflies and roses. It's like, no, I made a decision to build my life and work really hard. And I deserve and feel great about all of that. And, you know, and, and if anything, I just, I just want to keep inspiring people to do that because, you know, it's hard to see someone sad and it's hard to see someone stuck I, I have friends that are still stuck in what they were 10 years ago, you know, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm glad I'm not there. And I think that that's the, that's the reason, one of the biggest reasons why we started the show is I wanted to impact and inspire as many people as I possibly could to get them to see that people can truly turn obstacles into opportunities. That's not just some slogan. That's really, truly, truly what I live by. And is it easy? Hell no, it's not easy. Is it difficult every single day? Yes. I am the fastest 10-year overnight success that there was. Like, this wasn't overnight. This was tons and tons and tons of reading and connecting and slam doors and no. And it, there's there's so much. But I wanted to create something that actually mattered and and would turn into a legacy. And when I was reading your story, so I went to culinary school and I love to create. I haven't found a way to do that without sugar. So we should probably have this conversation. But the other question I have for you is, I my best friend passed away from cancer. Um, my family has been riddled with cancer. And I wonder if your experience has been different than mine. Because doctors where we were in San Francisco, doctors where we were in LA, they don't really talk about nutrition at all from a cancer standpoint. And I was as I started researching and as I started seeing functional medicine doctors, I want the listeners to understand how much misinformation is actually online about cancer and what eating clean actually means. And while it is, it takes some time and it takes some skill and it takes um, a lot of iterations, how much of the research and how much of the doctors, how much information do they not say, Lauren? So, yeah, I mean, when I was sick, this was 15 years ago, and I still don't know how much has really changed since then, but I went to a top doctor in New York City, and he was amazing, and he really calmed me down, and he really made me feel like things were going to be okay, and he helped me go through the chemo process as best as he possibly could. There was zero conversation about health and wellness outside of the medicine, you know, when I asked him what I should be eating, he said, your normal foods. 
you know, there was no conversation about meditation to try to calm my nerves and not just rely on medicine, you know, like Xanax or something. I mean, there was no conversation of exercise that like I should try to push myself just to get natural endorphins and and as much blood circulation to help heal yourself and keep yourself healthy. There just was not, none of that. And so it never felt right to me. So I said, okay, thank you. I'm going to become my own doctor. And I just really intuitively you know, followed what felt right to me, which to me, food was the most important thing. It was like, I feel so weak from this medicine and I'm so overwhelmed by this whole cancer diagnosis. I am just committed to getting through this and being healthier and happier on the other side. So the ener- the food I put in, I look at it as energy, you know, it ha- like it's so important. If I eat junky food, it's going to not make me feel good. I'm not going to have the energy level. My body's going to waste all this energy trying to process processed foods when it should be you know, using that energy to keep myself healthy and fight cancer. So again, I just followed my gut and my gut led me to going to natural culinary school and to studying nutrition. And so I literally felt it so firsthand, just eating, making vegetables and salads and proteins and grains just taste delicious, just using herbs and fresh ingredients and keeping things simple. I honestly felt like I had so much more energy. My brain, mentally, I felt happier, more positive. So I was sold. I just was like, this is the key. And then I made, I really, as much as possible, made myself active, work out. I definitely wasn't working out at the level I used to be, but just keeping blood flowing. I started to meditate a lot more. I've always been into yoga, but I got even more into it. And just, you know, I just created a practice of healing myself and connecting to my body. And so... That happened. And then, you know, uh, by the end of my treatment, my doctor was like, what are you doing? Like, no one kind of looks this good because I had like color in my skin and I was like glowing and and I had a more positive attitude as well. And, you know, I, I told him, I was like, doctor, there's just more, there's more to it than the medicine. Like we holistically need to be taking care of ourselves. And so, you know, seeing that firsthand is what made me, you know, fall in love with Sweet Lawrence because... I also don't believe in these extreme notions of like, oh my God, like sugar or sweets are, you know, absolutely cancer causing. And that, you know, if you want to have a happy life, you need to eat kale and that's it. Cause it's just not realistic, you know? And then, and then you set yourself up, then you set yourself up, then you're a failure and then you're bad and you're totally. all bad. You're, you're not a little bad. And you're not normal. Everyone else exactly. can have cupcakes and you can't, and you're the weirdo and life is never. And it's like, I'm not signing up for that. I'm signing up for a life that is amazing, um, where I actually get to in, really appreciate and enjoy every moment. So, you know, so I just really believe in eating as natural and real as possible. Cause that's what, just what your body knows how to break down anything that has, you know, n- nutrients in it and is full of flavor and isn't super highly processed is something your body can take nutrition from knows how to break it down. And I also think taste is improved. So we use all sweet Lauren's cookie dough is non-GMO verified, super clean ingredients. There's nothing artificial. There are no weird fillers. Everything is plant-based, it's gluten-free certified, it's dairy-free, peanut and tree nut-free, nothing artificial. And we use, for instance, pure non-GMO plant-based cane sugar and molasses to sweeten it. And, you know, some people are like, oh my God, you know, sugar is the devil. And it's like, well, hidden sugars are the devil. If your whole diet is full of a ton of soda and enriched flours and breads that have sugar in them. And, you know, by the end of the day, your sugar content is, is way too high for what a healthy, normal person should be eating. But if most of your diet is whole real foods and whole grains and no hidden sugars, having one or two cookies a day or whatever that sweet treat is for you, I really believe is is about balance and it's about listening to what makes you feel good. If it doesn't make you feel good, you shouldn't have it. But if it's what brings you joy and makes you feel good, actually those happy endorphins and keeping yourself satiated are what's going to actually lead you to like a lifestyle where you never feel deprived, where you can have everything in moderation. And you feel whole. You don't feel like you're missing out and you don't feel like you're like you said, like a weirdo or you don't feel, you just feel like everything is good. You know, it's just like you're, you're, you can, you have energy to move and you actually feel happy and calm and that's what you need. Totally. And people have this kind of 
negative connotation of like just desserts are terrible for you. And it's like, actually, no, you know, we've seen over the last several years, like dark chocolate has so many health benefits. You know, we only use like this beautiful vegan dark chocolate, like these chunks that are actually specially made for us. So it's a special size, three tiny ingredients in it. You know, there's just no, no weird fillers. Um, you know, healthier oils, we've seen healthier oils are can be really healthy for you. High quality fats, your brain needs them. Your body can burn them as energy. You know, we only use whole grain flours. We, you know, there, there's so many, you know, so, so I just hate these blanket statements because having, again, portion control, not saying, you know, you eat sweet Lawrence cookie dough for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but when you get that boost of energy from high quality flours and fats and chocolate and it's brain food too. I mean, we have so many athletes that love our product because, you know, they crave it. They want that boost of energy and, you know, they can, they're burning it off. And I just really believe in intuitive eating and really connecting with yourself and listening. You know, there's not one diet that fits everyone. So it's whatever makes you happy, but life is too short, you know, not to feel great. And, and I think that that right there is, that's the key for me. Life is just too short. The amount of loss that we have all experienced, some of us far too young. I mean, we've, we've lost so many people in the last year in our family. And it's just such a gift to have that time with somebody every single day. So again, not depriving yourself and not being like, you know, kale power and, you know, all these crazy weird things. Tell me about Sweet Lawrence. So tell me, how did you come up with the recipe is my first question. And what is your favorite flavor right now, your favorite cookie dough? So I came up with the recipe. So again, I was, you know, going through treatment and I was 22 years old and I found that it was really kind of easy to eat healthy salads and meals and proteins. And it was so easy to make delicious meals that felt satisfying um, and gave me energy. But I have such a sweet tooth. So I just couldn't find anything in the market that was really delicious, but made of good ingredients. And I got sick of just eating dark chocolate or dates or a handful of nuts at night. I was like, I just want my favorite food, which is a warm chocolate chip cookie. I'm obsessed with cookie dough. I love eating it raw. I always have. So I just was determined, like there has to be a way to recreate, you know, conventional cookies. And so I started using whole grain flours. I started using gluten-free flours, using healthier oils instead of butter, not using eggs, just trying to make a recipe that was as delicious and clean as possible. And also so that almost everyone could eat it. And so it had no peanuts or tree nuts as well so that kids could eat it, families could feel safe with it. So just kept playing around. I mean, listen, I've tried hundreds, hundreds of batches. And I've tried every type of sugar out there, every type of oil, every type of flour. I tried it all and it took forever, but it gave me such amazing knowledge about how these natural ingredients work with one another. And, you know, they're not, it's not an easy sub. You can't just take, you know, the famous Toll House, you know, cookie recipe and sub in a one for one of these, you know, natural ingredients. So it took so much trial and error. But finally, I have a younger sister who's very picky. And when I, you know, gave her samples one day, she was like, wait a minute, this is better than a normal cookie. And that's when that's when I just just had this aha moment of I'm not the only one who wants this and and it is possible and if someone doesn't work their butt off and break into the kind of supermarket packaged foods industry it's going to stay the same when I have kids and I just have this fire inside of me and again I I'm not going to stop until I see the kind of foods out there that I feel great about and so you know that's really what drove it I just kept perfecting the recipe I got a meeting with Whole Foods before I even had a packaged product, I just had a meeting with them in New York City and they were the first to commit and to bring it in and to try it out. And so it got into just a couple stores in New York City and I was a one woman show. I did everything. I learned everything on my own, didn't have partners, didn't have employees yet, but I was the one demoing, you know, the product on a little, you know, table in the store. And, you know, I would start to hear a lot of feedback from people, you know, I'd, I'd hear you know, the good news is I heard a lot of the time, this is brilliant, a healthier, delicious cookie dough. Like, I didn't even know that could exist. Like, that's awesome. 
And then I'd also hear complaints or, or requests for, do you have these flavors or, I, you know, your packaging um, is hard to read or whatever it was. And so I just took all of that data and kept tweaking and refining our recipes and our packaging so that it is what it is today. So today I would say my favorite is our fudgy brownie because it tastes like honestly a rich, rich brownie and I love dark chocolate. And so the cocoa is powder it, Is it gooey? It's super gooey, but the cool part about our cookie dough is that you can bake it to your own consistency. So if you want it super gooey, I mean, we have, we have fans that literally, first of all, everything we do is safety raw. So when you open this package, there's 12 portions of cookie dough. So you could take one of it and eat it raw. You know, you could take one of it and microwave it for 20 seconds to get it super gooey if that's what you want. You could bake it. I like it baked in an oven or toaster oven for about eight to 10 minutes. And then it's like a little bit crunchy on the outside. The inside is super gooey. If you like a crispy cookie, you bake it a little bit longer. So it just, you know, make it your own. Yeah. And again, you know, we just really strict about really high quality, super tasty ingredients. And, you know, everything we do is non-GMO and gluten-free and plant-based and dairy-free and peanut tree-nut-free. So are you, are you yourself all plant-based or you, do you eat any? No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I eat, um, I eat a lot of plant-based. Like I, I always need kind of salad and greens and veggies throughout the day, but like, I don't feel satisfied if I don't have that as part of a meal kind of, but I love, you know, I eat eggs. I have, I'm not great with dairy. I only have kind of a little bit of kind of hard cheeses occasionally. And, and I love good meat as long as it's not, I don't need too much of it. And I just want to make sure it's really humanely raised and antibiotic free. So I just believe in eating real food and I listen to what feels good for my body. And that's what feels good for me. I stay away from a lot of gluten. I'm not gluten free, but I just feel better staying away from gluten. And my husband is gluten free. So like, you know, we just kind of made our home gluten-free. Um, I love peanuts. I mean, I eat nut butters all the time, but again, I've made the product peanut and tree nut free because I just want to make sure it's safe for as many people as possible, whatever your lifestyle is, or if you have a real food allergy. Make an unforgettable impression the moment you walk in the room with Executive Presence Elevated. This program is an exclusive and intensive online program designed specifically for you and led by me, Stephanie Malik. After 25 years as a business transformation and crisis specialist, I've learned just how integral executive presence is to gaining you the influence, prestige, and recognition you deserve and desire. Whether you're a mid-level manager looking to advance to the next level or an entrepreneur looking to inspire confidence in your investors, this program will transform your belief in what is possible. Find out more by going to stephaniemalik.com forward slash elevated. I think that's tremendous. And and now, you know, I mean, I know you're, you have a little one. I have an 11-year-old and there's no nuts allowed at all at school under any circumstances. Or And for me, that was a little bit hard because he literally eats like four things ever, like ever. And peanut butter just happens to be one of them. If you get a really high quality peanut butter, it's great for protein. And then, you know, we were kind of sneaking in almond and cashew and everything else. And then he found us out and um, wanted to blow up the house. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think that that's, I think it's really interesting that you are, again, you do what feels great for your body, but it's all a portion of eating clean. Like that's the most important thing. Is there ever a point when you were doing this that you wanted to give up? There were a couple of times. I mean, the first couple of years were incredibly hard. I didn't have a team yet. Uh, the business was always growing every year, but it, it didn't like rocket ship. At the first couple of years, I got so much press. You know, the year I launched, I was Marie Claire did it put me on their one of their magazines of like one of the top fifty women. I was a top entrepreneur, and I was on the Today Show with Huda Coffee, and just got so much attention. It was so exciting, but it it honestly was so overwhelming to figure out how to meet the demand, how to grow the food industry is is crazy you know it's supermarkets are a world in themselves um you really need to understand how supermarkets work to get in them um they can be very expensive you know i had to find a factory that could produce large capacity and believe in you know a small business like ours and it just was so much to handle as a woman, woman show i remember a couple times i'd come home just after such a long day and feel so alone because again i didn't have a partner just someone to talk this out with and 
I'd call either my best friend or my sister and they would just talk me back into, into the business, you know, and, and believing in myself and not being overwhelmed. And, and honestly, between that support system and then this would always happen within 24 hours, some magical thing would happen that would just, you know, whether it's a sign from the universe or just, you know, you try enough things and good luck keeps coming. Something would happen that would just be so obviously like we're going in the right direction. You can't give up. Right. And it almost rejuvenates you. It kind of kicks you back in and go, okay, I know what I'm doing. Let's go. Totally. And not taking a hot bath and a good night's sleep. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh, what am I talking about? I can do this. Let's keep it going. Um, so there were definitely a handful of times that it felt the hurdle just, it just felt, it got to a point where I was so overwhelmed. It, it almost didn't feel fun anymore. And that was a tipping point. And that's when Thankfully, I got us into all Publix and then Kroger supermarkets. And when that happened, the business just took off. And I knew that we were going to be, you know, treated very seriously, become a national company, you know, be able to have a multi-million dollar business. And I knew that then I could hire the team I needed to support myself and and really grow this company. You know, I just took on way too much as a one-woman show. Right. Do you have investors? So I've never raised institutional funding. At the beginning, um, I raised some, from some friends and family and an angel investor to get the business off the ground. And thankfully, we've been really profitable and self-sustaining since. That's incredible because a lot of times, so part of my my past and actually even now is we invest in different great ideas. You know, we always say, you know, turning ideas into action. But there's a lot of things that are you know, so every idea doesn't necessarily need an investment. And explaining that to people sometimes becomes a little bit difficult, especially if they're not familiar with the investing opportunities. And so I've seen very recently, I've seen some investors come down really, really hard on food products or say, hey, it's too noisy in this portion of the industry, or hey, you know, there's not enough key differentiators. And I was just wondering if you had ever gone through the harshness of dealing with an investor, you know, who wasn't nearly as excited about your business as you were. Well, at the beginning, when I was even raising money from friends and family, I thought that any friends and family is going to know how hard I work, is going to totally believe in me, and like it should be easy. And oh, I was really surprised that it actually wasn't that easy, even with a great product. You know, there were just people, you know, before you're a proven brand and people can see, you know, your revenue is, you know, now someone looks at our business, of course they want to invest because it's a healthy, great business that's growing fast each year. But it's those people that take early bets, you know, when you're more of an idea and you just have a product and it, you know, there are a lot of things need to get figured out in order to get that major traction. I was very surprised that there was, there just was so much hesitancy from certain people and how long it took to raise money. And also first time raising money, you have to learn the whole process as well. So the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, there were plenty of people at the beginning, whether they knew me or not, that would say, you know, this food industry is the hardest industry. Good luck. Or you're going to need so much money to do this. You know, you'll have nothing left of your company or I don't know, a million things. They couldn't see like the future vision, but you know, enough people, you know, believed in me and believed in the product that, I was able to get what I needed to get off the ground. Lauren, that's so amazing. Like it, it literally makes me so happy that there that this exists because there's so many people that don't know that there are, um, you know, other options out there. So this is really exciting, especially for me, who is, I would say, over 80% plant-based. You know, I have an autoimmune disorder. I've had, you know, family history of cancer. And so it's really nice to hear this and and to know people like you who actually, it, it wasn't an overnight success. It was through grace and grit and like just tenacity and really actually saying, no, I'm doing this because this is important to me. Tell me what's next. So tell me what, what if you can, if you can share with me some products that you guys are working on that you're going to be launching. Yeah. So we're working on some really exciting innovation right now. I can't reveal what it is exactly, but uh, the newest thing we just launched is actually edible cookie dough. So our cookie dough right now that's place and bake, you know, that comes in this package is, you know, sole refrigerated and you can eat it raw or bake it. But what we've just launched are cups of edible cookie dough that are just super rich and creamy. It's ridiculous. If you like cookie dough raw, you're, this is game over because it's so, it doesn't make you feel gross and sick after you eat it. It's the perfect amount of sweetness. It's just, just so rich and creamy. And, you know, you can just take a spoon and take, you know, a couple spoonfuls, you know, to satisfy your sweet tooth. So, 
you know, and that is not meant for baking. That is meant just purely to eat raw. And that's because we have amazing fans and our customers just continually message and email us to tell us what's on their mind, what they're looking for. And we really listen to it. And so we just heard from so many of our fans that the cookie dough never even makes it to the oven. Well, that's, I was going to say, that's our problem. Like it's actually really, it's actually embarrassing. Okay. Cause, cause I'm, 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 I bake. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really prefer more the cooking side than the baking side. And I'm a little, I'm a little snobby when it comes to what I bake because I want it to be amazing. Okay. So our cookie, the kids are like eating it and then there's two cookies that come out of the oven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cause we don't really get there. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. And it's so cute. It's so great to see like how this works in in real homes and you know some people aren't into cookie dough raw but most really are and it's like their favorite food and so to be able to have something i mean when i was pregnant it just was so nice to have something that you don't have to get scared that like you could get sick it's safe for the baby for sure and you and it's yeah. safe for the baby exactly and then you look at like little kids and like you know they want to lick the spoon or the bowl but you know you're afraid to let them have it and so it's just so nice to have food you don't have to worry about and that feels safe so yeah and then we are working Working on so we're launching these edible cookie dough cups. They're on our website. We ship nationwide. They're also growing in supermarkets. Uh, we have them in a chocolate chunk, of course, a double chocolate, and then a birthday cake flavor. And they're all amazing, super delicious. But yeah, we're moving into uh, other types of cookies, other types of kind of products. Still in kind of the baking category, but I'll leave it at that. But just you know, follow us on Instagram at Sweet Lauren's. Or, or sign for a newsletter so that you can stay in touch and be the first to know. That's so awesome. So in looking at you scaling and scaling through COVID, I saw that you're ranked 721 of the fastest growing privately held company in 2020. This is incredible during a world pandemic. How did the pandemic, COVID, whatever you want to call it, how did it affect your scaling plans? Did you scale at plan or did you have to pivot? So, I mean, last year was crazy for everyone, but I actually moved from New York to LA two weeks before the pandemic happened. And so my goal was we have an office in New York. I was going to open office, our headquarters in LA. And, you know, I was getting married in a couple months. I mean, we had, we had all these big things planned. And of course the world changed. So we became basically, you know, a remote company overnight and, Thankfully, you know, there was Zoom and online meetings so that our sales plan didn't stop. I mean, every, you know, retailer could still meet with our our head of sales uh, virtually and obviously no one was flying anywhere. But we were, I'm just so impressed with our team. I mean, everyone kept a positive morale. All I did was try to keep everyone happy and together. We became a remote company. I bought, you know, the team, whatever they needed to create, you know, a home office and, you know, we stayed super on top of our factory. Our factory stayed open like 99% of the year. They did such a great job keeping everyone safe within the factory and just continuing to produce. And so our sales boomed last year because people were relying on packaged food sold in supermarkets and people had kids at home and people wanted to be healthier and people needed food that made them happy and feel good and, you know, Comfort. what, comforting. Exactly. And so, so thankfully... We were able to produce, we had like a 99% fill rate, which is pretty unheard of. So we were able to keep going, you know, and as a small business, we've always been planning for growth because obviously each year we have plans to grow. Whereas, you know, the kind of big guys in our category of cookie dough, they have just-in-time inventory. And so, you know, these big companies that carry so much inventory, they have just-in-time inventory because they don't want to keep extra inventory around and pay for that. So when when the shelves went empty we were kind of left on the shelf. And it actually, you know, because the big guys were sold out before us, but it actually was an amazing opportunity because then we were the only thing on the shelf and we were able to continue our fill rate when they weren't able to restock the shelves in time. And we got so many new customers who just saw our bright magenta packaging and, you know, we're like, I'm going to try this or I'll give this a go. And, you know, and then tried it and they're like, oh my God, this is delicious. I'm never going back to that other stuff. So, well, it's just like you said, it's like comfort, but then it's also reliability. You know that you're going to go there and it's going to be there. And it's also healthier. You know, you're like, we're in the middle of a global pandemic about health. And it's like, yeah, me, you know, if I can get this taste, but something that feels good putting inside my body, I want to give that to myself and my family. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing too, Lauren, that you touched on earlier is is that 
I mean, how many times did we go to the store or how many times did we, you know, Instacart or whatever it was and that product wasn't available and we, it wasn't available. So you get, you get the health, you get the reliability, you get to try something new and then you get just the overall kind of like the moral compass of the, of the company. You know, you get like who this company is and you really understand. And then all you want to do is be behind it and support it. Exactly. So, so. I mean, last year was so crazy. My wedding got canceled. I mean, a million, a million personal crazy things happened. But in terms of the business, I'm so proud of how Sweet Lawrence was able to deliver, keep people happy, keep them fed, keep people healthier, and just show, you know, that we're smaller than the big guys, but we can outperform them in certain ways. So one of the things that we do, so I'm a business consultant and a crisis expert. That's that's what I do. Um, before starting SME, I actually ran a global consulting firm. We were in 22 different global locations. So some of the things I ask are harder questions because it, for a lot of us, it's intuitive and for a lot of us, it's learning. But the show is really focused on leaders, impacting leaders, whether it's an executive or an entrepreneur. So you said a few things. Okay, you said, I just really focused on on keeping my team happy. How did you do that? How did you go about keeping them happy? What did that look like for you? So it meant we, I did check-ins with them. I would just call everyone individually to make sure they had someone to vent to, that I could really hear how they were doing, um, really listen to them, hold them. Like, you know, we started doing a happy hour every week and then we started doing every other week, like just to create some bonding and some time during the day that was fun. Some people would get zoomed out, just video call for video call. And we'd say, okay, just say it, you know, we'll do a phone call instead. Just really listen to them and try to give them what, what they needed. You know, um, we did some summer Fridays in the summer, so they just could get some time off. You know, even if people felt kind of stuck at home, maybe they could just be in nature or get outside the house. And, and, and we tried to be a really positive distraction, I mean, last year was crazy and people were stuck at home and we had a business that was booming. And so at least every day, you know, they didn't get up and say like, what am I going to do with my life? They got up and they had so much work to do, but it was so positive. So many good things were happening. We were getting so many emails from customers saying we helped get them through the pandemic that that thank God their family could rely on us, all these positive good things. And so I think it made us, it made the year go by as best as it could, knowing they were employed. You know, we hired people, we didn't fire anyone. We were a business, you know, that stayed in business and took care of its people. And I think try, try to keep people as distracted as possible. And, you know, and no one on our team got sick. You know, I just, I just tried to keep everyone as happy and healthy as, as possible. That's incredible. That, it just shows up what kind of a leader that you really are. Lauren, tell me about balancing the baby and sweet Lauren's. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> of course, you know, I, I, I had such a easy pregnancy, thankfully, like, you know, I worked up to the day I gave birth. Um, I had to be induced because the baby wouldn't even come out. So, you know, she was too cozy in there with all the cookie dough, you know, coming through. Um, but you know, so I, I had a great pregnancy and then just no one can prepare you for labor recovery. I mean, everyone has their own story. So that was crazy. Just labor and and recovery was crazy. And I think of myself as an athlete and someone who's been through like a lot of hard things. And it really, you know, someone who's always been go, go, go. It really just, you know, kicked me on my butt. And so I really needed time. And so thankfully we had a baby nurse to help us because my husband took off a couple weeks for work, but then he was right back to work and he has his own business. So he's super busy. And we live in LA now and we don't have parents nearby. We don't have family that can kind of come in and help. And so we really needed help. So we had a baby nurse really help us in the first couple of weeks. And then I tried to take as long as I could in terms of maternity leave, but so many big things were happening with the company that kind of, I took about two and a half months um, and then I w- went back in full force and thankfully we hired a nanny and we have an amazing nanny who can be with the baby when we're both just working the whole week, you know? So I think, you know, having the right help, whether that's family or it's someone you have to hire, whatever you have to do to keep your life kind of going. And now to be honest, it's such a pleasure. I mean, it's such a pleasure waking up early with her. We did sleep training very seriously. So she sleeps 11 hours, you know, every night, which is the best. And, you know, she's so cute. She's at five months now. So she's like giggling and, you know, kind of interacting with you more. And, and honestly, it's the first time in my life. I just feel, 
you know, last year I got married during COVID. We had a baby, you know, so all of a sudden I had like such a personal, a big personal life. And my life has been so much about the business that it's just been so nice to have something else that I love as much as the company and want to put as much or more energy into. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you just become obsessed with your business. And it's, it is your baby. It's your baby. It is your baby. Yeah. And it's so nice to have other things in your life that are, you know, more important and keep you grounded and give you joy as well. That's incredible. What is your favorite cheat meal? Probably mac and cheese. And that only started when I was pregnant. Um, but <laughs> you're all thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite exercise? I I just like, I kind of hate being on a treadmill or like an elliptical. Like I just- So like inside. Inside. inside and there's yeah. like no, I love Peloton actually, because you at least feel like there's a great screen and you're part of something. But, you know, kind of just being on a treadmill or elliptical where like, you know, you just feel stuck inside and there's no kind of class happening or ugh, I just hate it. Got it. How has being a CEO changed you? So when the business was up and coming and, it, and you were like, I'm a one woman show, now you're responsible for so many things. Now people know you, Lauren, they know your brand. They expect great things. They expect to see that magenta color as they come down the aisle. How has being a CEO and being responsible for all of this changed who you are? I am so grateful for this chance to be a CEO. It is so empowering as a young person, as a female, as someone who just wants to take charge of their life. Um, it has helped me so much having mentors that are incredibly successful around me. I just feel like I'm getting access to such smart, experienced people. It's helped me delegate and learn how to just build a team around me in every way, whether that's my business or home life or friends. It's like, it's just all about the community and the type of people you have around you. I think it's shown me that like, it's so important to dream big and to have a vision and to, it is so possible to build things that are, that everyone else doubts. So like, how cool is that to like, my job in my life is basically just to keep dreaming of like, the biggest vision, the, my dream of dreams and just make it happen. So like, that's where I'm in every day is just how do we make more people happy? How do we create more amazing products that have never been done before? How do we really create this brand and culture that I've always dreamed of? And, you know, and it holds me to an incredibly high level of, you know, I have to be, you know, in many ways, the smartest, hardest working person on the team, you know, and I lead by example and, so it's, it's helped me be kind of the best, biggest version of myself. And it's so empowering to be in charge of your own life. No one else is giving me the schedule. You know, I wake up every day and love what I do, you know, and I'm on my own time. And uh, I just love that. I love being in charge of, you know, your own life. So inspiring entrepreneurs that are up and coming. So think of like the the 20-somethings and they have a great idea, maybe that hasn't been vetted or has been vetted. And they come to you and they go, Lauren, give me your best and greatest advice. And and when, when I ask you this question, Lauren, don't think of like books. Don't think of like things that you've read. Think about things that you felt or that you've gone through yourself. What is the one thing that you would tell them not to do or the one thing you would tell them to absolutely do? I would say just make sure that whatever you're choosing is something that there's a real need in the marketplace for. This isn't just like a cool idea, like really address the gap. Where is the white space? What are your talents? Make sure it is your strength and it's something you're good at. And then make sure you are crazy passionate about it. If you really are all those three things, no one in the world will beat you because you will have the dedication, tenacity, excitement to fight at it every day and problem solve and problem solve better than anyone. So I say do that. And then once you get your idea, just really perfect the product, like just work so hard on being nerdy about it, like every detail, get it as right as possible. And then I think it's really important to surround yourself with people you trust and mentors. So if you have someone on your side that can help advise and mentor you to help you make less mistakes and to help get you out of your own head and to believe in you and to support you. That to me just is so crucial 
to having kind of the strength and the community you need to kind of check yourself and keep you going because it's really hard and lonely to start a company. It is. And it's never an overnight success. There are so many things that need to go right, so many problems to solve, so many hurdles. And if you can feel like you're not alone and avoid a lot of the mistakes because you have a great team, that's super important. And, And then I would say, you know, get it as far as you can you know, before raising money. But the most important thing is to just really build a vision and business plan. Like just really know what your goal is with the company. It can change over time, but at least you've built something that you can just so see clearly and stay focused on as opposed to just launching and being like, oh, we're going to figure it out. I think you can get lost a lot. Right. Like, let's not wing this. This is not something great to wing. (laughs) This is not something great to wing. Like, let's let's really dive in and create a business plan around this. You know, are we launching online? Are we launching in supermarkets? Are we, whatever the business model is, just really understanding it. And and then I would say, the last thing would be just know your strengths and weaknesses. So just get to know yourself so that what you're really good at, awesome, do that and be the best at it. And be so okay knowing what your weaknesses are because everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And hire the best people that you can possibly find that are your culture fit, that believe in what you're doing to fill in those gaps. And then you're you're ready to go. That is the absolute best advice. And I also love how you you know, you did it kind of step by step, do this and then this and then this, because that's awesome. I think a lot of people get lost along the way, like now what? So I really appreciate you taking the time. My very last question for you for right now, what's the one flavor that Sweet Lawrence have not been able to perfect yet? I would say when I first launched Sweet Lawrence, I actually launched it with an espresso chocolate chip. So it had like ground coffee beans in it. And it was so good for coffee lovers which it turns out it was way too bold and kind of dark for mass America. Um, You know, I started it in Brooklyn, well, in New York City and and in Brooklyn, like people loved it, you know, but across the country. So I still believe there's like a really delicious cappuccino or like latte or coffee, some flavor that we could launch um, just because so many people love coffee flavored things, but we haven't perfected that one yet. That's amazing. I will definitely look forward to that. How do my listeners find you? Where can they get more information and order the cookies? Awesome. So you can find out everything about Sweet Lawrence at sweetlawrence.com. That's sweet, L-O-R-E-N-S.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, sign up for our newsletter at Sweet Lawrence. And you can follow me at Lauren Brill, L-O-R-E-N-B-R-I-L-L on Instagram and everything else. Um, And if you have any questions about anything, my story or the products, just email hello at sweetlaurens.com and we will get right back to you. Lauren, this has been so fun and it's been such a pleasure and thank you for taking the time. I just, I'm so excited to see where this goes and I am going to go on. You're going to see this giant order come through and you're going to be like, what the heck? (laughs) It's going to be me and the kids. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to Spin It. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is released. The best way to support the show is to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app. And if you want to hear more from me, hop over to Instagram and follow me at Stephanie Malik. That's Stephanie with a Y, S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E Malik, M-A-L-I-K, or visit my website at stephaniemalik.com.